everything we've done has led up to right now. Right now. Because legacy are full of legends. You can become a legend today, boys. Put your stamp on history. Put your stamp on a legacy. It is going to take all of us, all of us, men, be not afraid. Do not be afraid to be a legend. Welcome back to OPA Podcast, episode 16. My name is Jason. PJ, please let Casey O'Brien hold for an extra point. Oh. My name is Laurence. We have wide receivers. Guider. And I'm Griffin Tanner Morgan for Heisman most. Period. And unfortunately, Wyatt is unavailable. Probably reading. Oh. Read, Wyatt. Read. So first things first, we're going to recap the Purdue game. So the Gophers one um now they're one and oh in the conference beating purdue 38 to 31 um, we did indeed so and we yeah. broke a clavicle of elijah Sindelar in the process <laughs> <laughs> you know i said i sat there watching that game and i was like for the first for the first half i was like is this tracy clay's jerry kill defense without the targeting <laughs> because we were just hurting people we were the Maryland to uh, Purdue, Mind as you, we were to Purdue as Maryland is to us. <laughs> Mind you, it was Tayon Devers who took down Elijah Sindelar, the same dude that decapitated Colorado State's quarterback three years ago. Wait, it, was it the same dude? Oh, it's the same dude. <laughs> <laughs> he took his helmet off in that one. I forgot about him. He, oh, he's a senior. <laughs> well, he disappeared for like three years. Mm-hmm. Oh well. But he makes his presence known when he has the chance. It's like, I'm still here, Jeff. I'm still, I'm still here. here. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, yo, Griffin. He's like, I'm still here, and now your quarterback isn't. At least I have a capable backup. Oh. You know, I legitimately think to myself. This game, and, and you know, it took me a while because I was, as one, both of you know, I was very much so steaming watching this game. But it also made me realize there was no way that this game would have been close if Elijah Sindelar was playing because our defense was ready for him. I was like, that little kid who could run the ball? Mm-mm. But what was nice to see is that you have all three non-conference games where you have either really periods of good defense or you had real sketchy uh, drives of defense. And that was kind of the same story for this first game. So it's nice to know that we weren't just going to come into a Big Ten game and just get murked by a Purdue team that is very shifty and still very versatile and able to make explosive plays that it was kind of the same story as the first three games, which has me a little more at ease. Can inspiration turn what if into what's next? Facing Illinois, Nebraska, Rutgers in the next uh, three. Hashtag Aiden Ophers. Did you see that Yahoo tweet? Like, they said, would you possibly remember, think about living in the world where the Gophers can go 8-0? and I saw a tweet that said, Minnesota is the only team in football who can go 8-0, and they still won't be ranked. 
If if we hit eight mil, we're gonna be ranked no matter what. They'll put us at the twenty five mark. We'll lose after the bye week after that, and then we'll drop. What to, if we uh, wait? What if we win though? <laughs> what if we win? <laughs> what if we? What if Penn State is undefeated and Minnesota is undefeated, and we get college football game day? <laughs> Coming to Minneapolis. It'll be a better matchup than the Huskers. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, when uh, your quarterback has a higher QBR completion percentage, touchdown interception ratio than Nebraska, that makes me so happy. Talking about our quarterback, want to talk about quick stats here before we move on? Sure. Oh. Yes, please tell the world about the stats because the uh, sports media does not like to cover Minnesota. So, quarterback Tanner Morgan had 21 of 22 pass attempts and completions for a 95.45% completion percentage for 396 yards, 18 yards average for four TDs. 18 yards averaging per throw. Look at God. And then um, for rushing, Rodney Smith, 22 carries for 115 yards for one touchdown. Mm. Shannon made his debut. Um, I would say he had to shake up some cobwebs, so five carries for five yards. That's what we got, Rodney. Yep, and then Seth Green had one carry for two yards. And then, uh, yeah, now for receiving. Oh, my favorite. Rashad Bateman, six receptions, 177 yards, 29.5 yards average for two touchdowns. Next up, Chris Ottman-Bell, three receptions for 97 yards, 32.3 yards average, one touchdown, and he had the longest for 70 yards. You know, my favorite catch wasn't any of Rashad or any of uh, Tyler's or Chris's or even Rashad's touchdown catches. It was Rashad's freaking ungodly talent to just fight a ball and run with it for five yards while still pulling it down. <laughs> yeah, let me get that yak let, real quick. <laughs> let me show let me you get some four-star Tifton Georgia talent. He said, yeah. <laughs> No, this is this is going beyond four star stuff. What this is is when you have a head coach who was a wide receiver, who was an NFL wide receiver, who's developed a first round wide receiver out of a two star at Corey Davis. At Corey Davis, how you doing, Tennessee Titans? Nice win. He also had a touchdown catch in this win. Anyway. And now he's at Minnesota, and shockingly enough, he has developed wide receivers. It's crazy, right? Well, we still got more, man. Next up, Tyler Johnson. Eight receptions for 73 yards, 9.1 average, but also scored a touchdown. Also, a beautiful touchdown. I think Tanner saw that mismatch immediately, because Tyler had like eight inches on that dude and was like, I'm going to just throw it up, and he going to catch it because it ain't going to matter. I'm going to be honest. Anytime I ever see Tyler Johnson in, like, near the end zone, 
and there's one dude on them, I'm like, oh, you really want to try this? Okay. <laughs> that, I'm, I'm, I'm throwing it up. I'm just throwing it up and say, Tyler, go get it. He will. And mind you, on that touchdown pass that he caught from Tanner, he, he kept both feet in bounds. Not just one, both. Like, get that draft ready. <laughs> yep. Then a couple more, actually. So Jake Paulson had one reception for 24 yards that converted the first down. Going here, tight end. And then Rodney Smith had one reception um, for 20 yards, also getting the first down. I'm waiting for the wheel route. And then Demetrius Douglas um, had two receptions for only five yards, though, but it mattered when we had to convert. Hey, they and saw uh, the... no drops on the punt returns. Mm -hmm. All fair catches and just taking them as they come. Correct. Very beautiful. Very and beautiful uh, two more key things. Uh, linebacker Kamal Martin had two interceptions. Two! A linebacker. Two interceptions. <laughs> Jack Lemmon never want to see that man again. And then uh, our boy, Jacob. Herbers Period. had four punts, but two ended up behind the five-yard line on the one and two-yard lines, respectively. Yeah, pretty good. Yep. <laughs> made, oh, yeah, I forgot. So Jacob Herbers made special teams player of the week for the Big Ten, and Tanner made co-offensive player of the week for the Big Ten. Who's the other one? Uh, the Sean Clifford at Penn State. Yeah. Uh. Broke up in state record, so like, okay, yeah. <laughs> that's they, fine. I just didn't know who. Didn't they beat down Maryland like fifty-nine to zero? Yep. Oh. Remember when Maryland? We thought Maryland was good. Mm-hmm. Oh. Like I hope I ate my words for the preseason because I said we were pr predicted to lose that game, but we'll see. Eight and overs. I just want it. All right. All right, so those were the key stats for the Gophers. Um, anything else from the game? Um, I'm always loving the offensive line play a lot, actually. Uh, very good in pass protection. Could have been a little bit better in the run. Uh, I mean, but we look at it where Tanner Morgan was double pumping. Like, he was faking. He had enough time to fake and then throw fairly accurate passes. That, mm. Like... If he has the time, he'll make almost any pass any other quarterback would. And he just looked – he didn't look very comfortable in the pocket, though, because I, I might have been Sam Schluter that he kind of backed into him and then Tanner just fell down. That was on – he was he was supposed to throw that ball away. I have a theory. I have a legitimate theory because, once again, I was very upset about this game. Curious question to both of you. Mm -hmm. If – after six minutes in the third quarter, we decided to throw at any point in the rest of the game outside of the one throw to Tyler Johnson, which was pass interference. How many points do you think we win by? Uh, 14 or 17. And let's also assume that Seth Green doesn't get hit in the head. With the ball on the one side kick, how many points do we win by? At least I fourteen. I know. How much? How much? 
31 big okay, boys. We, okay, we ain't doing that. But I <laughs> I literally was sitting there, and this, this was the most, like, annoying thing to me, and it's been annoying for a while, but I'm like, if your quarterback is on a hot streak like Tanner is, and it's very clear that in the first quarter, second quarter, and third quarter, they cannot guard your receivers. Like, whenever they would double-team one or bracket one, the other one would go 40 yards. Why aren't we throwing the ball? I understand he wants to use clock, but against a freshman quarterback without Rondell Moore, I say throw two more touchdowns for Tanner Morgan and then just like whatever they want to do I don't care like I my theory is Kirk Sharaka saw that 95% completion percentage and was like we done throwing we done <laughs> we good I well I would rip him more if we lost but we didn't so I'm going to say that was a fine call but I do wish there was some more passing uh, because Purdue's defense was like the Chick-fil-A drive through all day, both lanes open. Oh. Uh, so. Wow. Uh, but I mean, let's let's also credit the receivers who can create separation and put on double moves. Rashad's double move uh-huh. uh, their DB spinning and <laughs> some offensive line play that was outstanding in pass protection. So everything kind of – everything fell into place for that game, and uh, our receivers were able to make plays. I mean, like, the – and I want to give Tanner credit for this. The amount of anticipation that he put on these balls, like, he literally saw Tyler Johnson and threw the ball – before Tyler even got out of his break. He just threw it. And by the time Tyler turned around, pop. Like, it was beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. Those slants, lot, beautiful. He was making a lot better reads than uh, the Georgia Southern game. <laughs> it's almost like Georgia Southern is a good team. Huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, I do want to mention, um, there was some rotation on the O-line, such as John Michael Schmitz was at center while Connor Olsen rotated with guard between Blaze and Curtis for them fresh packages. And so you enjoy that? Well, it worked. It did. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm kind of backtracking a little bit, but I was LeBron's brought up that uh, pass interference. I did not see the play very well, nor have I had a chance to go look back at it. Was it pass interference or was it a weak call? I'm going to be honest. Okay. So, like, it was, by the letter of the law, it was pass interference. But literally watching it live, it just looked like they were both fighting for the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, frankly... And then, but I'm sitting there, I'm like, on the other hand, the ridiculous amount of holding calls that were not called in this game. I was screaming at my TV as a man was headlocking Carter Coughlin. (laughs) Like, what? I was like, what is this? 
that was the exact point I was going to bring up. I was like, they let so many calls against Purdue uh, just absolutely go. And I'm sitting there like, that's a makeup call for every holding call that you never call. I'm like, this this game was not this game was not supposed to be close. And I think I think a lot of times like people don't pay too much attention to like things that actually happened in the game. They just see the score. Um, but I also think, and I want to hear what you two think about this. I, I said it briefly earlier. I was like, if Elijah Sindelar and Rondell Moore don't go down, which also completely unfortunate, um, especially for Rondell, that freaking sucks. But um, if they don't go down, we beat Purdue even worse. And the reason why I say this is because all of a sudden, the everyone in like the broadcaster said it out loud how like. Elijah Sindelar's only job is to get the ball to Rondale Moore in as many ways as possible. Because of that, it was much like how teams figured out to bracket Tyler Johnson. The only difference is Purdue hadn't yet figured out who would destroy you if you took away Rondale Moore. So I think, like, by them taking away Rondell Moore, it kind of forced Purdue to deal with a whole bunch of ridiculously talented freshmen. Like, David Bale, he gonna be a problem. Mm-hmm. He gonna be a problem for somebody. Very soon. And then wasn't uh, King... King Doru. Isn't he a freshman a whole who fr- was moved to running back? Nope, he's a running back. Jackson Anthrop was the... But King Doru, they just said, let's just put this kid in and see what happens. Um, hence our utter lack of tackling. But, okay. Had like 94 yards rushing, I believe. Oh, no, he had over 100. <laughs> he had over 100. A shifty dude, for sure. Uh-huh. I mean, he put Antoine Winfield on skates. I ain't gonna lie, I laughed. How he come our DBs Ant- can't tackle? Come on now. I'm, I'm, well, no, like he put him on skates. Like Antoine didn't touch him. He had, no, he had Antoine An- missed one in the backfield though. Yeah, but I mean, like, I mean, what there was one where it was like a corner blitz, and Coney Dur hit him. It was either Coney Dur or it was Chris Williamson. I forget I'm which sure one. Coney Dur hit him. But he didn't wrap up. And so he just knocked him back two yards, to which he then did what we see Rodney or Muhammad do and just run for 20 more. So, like, I mean, another another issue that we had is they were also doing the good old Tom Brady to uh, Julian Edelman or James White dump off in the backfield and then get him 20 yards. And I'm like, Purdue is not stretching the field. They're too scared to stretch the field. Why are we not covering these people that just seem to break out into the flat and then find a way to get 10, 15, 20 yards? It's like, Joe, Uncle Joe, you, you got to fix that. Was And, you know, someone pointed this out. Someone... It was a Western Michigan fan pointed this out. 
they say PJ used to do this too when he was at Western Michigan, where he would get a comfortable lead and then he don't like being mean to people. <laughs> and then he calls it all. And then I was like, but look at what we did to Wisconsin and look at what we did to Purdue. But then I thought about it. We really were being nice at the end, considering that our last 14 points were scored by Bryce Williams. <laughs> Man, I thought the Wisconsin game, we just kept the throttle down. And then I realized, wait a second. We were trying to be nice. <laughs> Bryce Williams just wasn't so, having it. <laughs> so, it's, so it's PJ's way of saying don't get too comfortable with your lead. I, and, you know, I have another theory. I have another theory. My theory is we're keeping every game close. We're going to keep winning, but we're going to keep every game close so that people keep thinking we're bad so that we don't get overhyped like Nebraska. <laughs> and then we slaughter every team in the last four games of the stretch? No, no, no. We just slaughter Penn State and put everyone on notice. Then we get wrecked by Iowa because when we slaughter Penn State, we will be a top 10 team. And as okay. such, yep, Kinnick, top 10 team, we're going to die. Uh, then we inexplicably lose to Northwestern, who scoring had no points. scoring note the game will be 9 to 3 Northwestern. Um, <laughs> they will have blocked four field goals in the game. <laughs> We will lose. No, I lied. It will be, no, I lied. Sorry. It will be 9-0 to zero because we haven't scored a single point at Evans Field, Ryan's Field, rather, in six years now. So, so until we score a point against Northwestern on that field, I refuse to believe we can. Uh, and then we... Uh, come home and we figure out whatever Northwestern did to kind of make Jonathan Taylor a non-factor and then we do that <laughs> because Jack Cohn I was very afraid of him before this weekend where I watched him play Northwestern and I was like oh oh ah <laughs> Western, yeah. you figured it out somehow. The Jack Cohn we saw last year against Wisconsin. Oh no, no, that was Alex Hornibrook. Oh, that's Hornibrook, bro. No, but no, but Hornibrook was taken out, wasn't he? No, mm -mm. nope. I thought was... Cohn was in like the last quarter or something because he threw four picks. Nope, it was just Hornibrook. The reason being is because um, Jack Cohn had played his four games when Hornybrook was on concussion and Paul Chris really didn't want to use up his red shirt. But then, like, after that game, it was so bad, he put him in against Miami and was like, screw your red shirt. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but fun fact, watching uh, Jack Cohn struggle against Northwestern. Meanwhile, did you see what Alex Hornybrook did at Florida State? What did he do? <laughs> He threw for three touchdowns, zero interceptions, and they won. Oh. Oh. <laughs> and I uh, So that's fun. Um, also, I don't know. I just want to say, Griffin, you said you gave a lot of credit to the offensive line. Screw that. I'm going to a lot of... Rodney, Rodney Smith. 
looked like the Rodney Smith that I expected. The way he would hit someone in the backfield and then bounce the other way. Like, there was one play I remember where he hit someone, then backtracked backwards, dragging the dude with him, spun around, hit another dude, spun again, and hit the ground for like a 20-yard game. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. That's Rodney. Russ, that's why I mentioned earlier that the run protection was not great, but the pass was. If you go back and watch all the offensive highlights, you cannot see Purdue really ever penetrating through our offensive line and getting to Tanner. Tanner had enough time to literally sit there, fake a couple times, and then deliver a dime to all three of our elite receivers. Oh, he just—he really wanted to. You know, I bet then he really wanted to uh, protect his completion percentage. <laughs> Cause when you have receivers that can do that, it makes it easy. No, I mean, I mean, because he was taking those sacks. He was like, I am not throwing this out of bounds. <laughs> he refused. <laughs> oh, gosh. Anyway, but let's. Overall, uh, besides the nitpicks that we have, overall, it was a mostly solid game for the Gophers, even though the yeah. score doesn't reflect that. No, wait. Oh, I guess we had one turnover with the onside kick. Yeah, I don't count yeah. it. That was a so, freak accident. <laughs> oh, I didn't even I did not see the replay of that yet. Was that just off his face mask and he didn't yes, handle it? It was, it was okay. literally hit his helmet and bounced directly into uh, one of Purdue's players' hands. Hmm. Like, For he 40. didn't even get a hand on it. It hit his head. Well, credit to uh, their kicker then. So, uh, moving on from Purdue, we're now 4-0, 1-0 in the Big Ten. And, hey, we finally won the Big Ten opener since 2013. We Actually, fun fact, we didn't win that Big Ten opener either. Oh, true. Also fact, this is the first time in Gopher football history that it has started 4-0 a season with all four wins by a margin of one possession or less. The last time an FBF team did this was a 1985 Penn State team that finished 11-1. Oh, ooh, and that's facts. I don't think. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, some good history, anyway. Yep. So moving on. So for week six, we'll be against the University of Illinois, fighting a Illini for homecoming this Saturday. Ah, uh, I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. I will be uh, in the halftime performance festivities. Hashtag man. Hashtag. Band sucks. Hashtag Band I will goes. be standing on the sideline watching you. Fantastic. Anyway, nice. um, so yeah, as a native of Illinois, this game's going to be really interesting for me <laughs> because we are reaching the part of the schedule that I like to call holy crap, we need recruits. Um, <laughs> because here's the thing, um, and fun fact, so the number one recruit in Minnesota, along with a few other highly ranked four stars, went to the Nebraska game to watch them play Ohio State, with the assumption being 
hopes that they would at least make it a close game so they would have a reason to stay there. A lot of people thought that Caden Johnson was going to uh, sign with Nebraska that day. And then they got a lobotomy from Ohio State, and he didn't. So this is where... So this is where we need to really start making our money. These uh, seven-point way closer than they need to be games were really cute. And now I need the Gophers to start chopping heads off, starting with my beloved Illini. And we are not going to be... I mean, there's no way that Reggie Corbin will let you win by seven points if... Our DBs can't tackle him. He's going to run straight through our defense. <laughs> Reggie and I'm Corbin. Scared. I'm scared of that man. I yeah. really am. I think a lot of people are afraid of him. Penn State had, like, the number 10 rushing defense last year, and he ran for 187 on them. So... <laughs> And the thing is, it's not just him. It's not just him. There's something about Illinois running backs where they don't have a dude that's going to ground you for like five yards, six yards, seven yards. Nope, they don't have that. They have dudes that are either going to go for a negative gain or 60 yards and nothing in between. That's that's Illinois. If they get a crease, they're hitting their head on the goalpost. That's about it. So uh, I forgot to mention the spread um, favors the Gophers, negative 14.5 from Vegas. Too big. And the over-under <laughs> is currently 55 and a half. Ooh. <laughs> oh, we said that at the same time. Jinx, you owe me a soda. Anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, what you want? Give me a Sprite. Thank you. Would that McDonald's Sprite? <laughs> yes. Give me a large $1 yeah. McDonald's Sprite. Yes. Oh, I forgot to mention, we still taking shots for every INT and throws. Yes, but currently at a 10 to 2 ratio. I will take that any day of the week, of the year, if he continues this at the same rate for the next What's this? We have 12 games in the schedule we play for, and 13, eight games in the regular season, and we end up with a 30-6 to touchdown-interception ratio. Tanner Morgan might get a statue. He might get a statue. It might happen. He might get a statue because we're not appreciating him for what he's doing so far. Even myself, I looked at him at the beginning of the season. Yeah, look, look at the beginning of the – or, like, even in the last season, I'm like, Sure, he may be like 5-2 and two as our starter or something like that, but he's no more than the game manager. I kind of looked at him kind of like Keenum. And then, I mean, and, and the thing then, is, is that bad? <laughs> and he's putting up these ridiculous, efficient numbers, and I'm like, holy Homie, cow. You know who's the best PJ's game manager? Star. You know who's the best game manager in college football he is? Who that? Jake from at Georgia. Jake from State from? Jake from State from. This dude is a glorified game manager who makes plays when they matter. That is the reason why Tanner Morgan's QBR is so ridiculously high. 
the highest in the Big Ten, the second highest uh, completion percentage in the Big Ten. Like, his yards for attempt, I believe, is second highest in the Big Ten, so he's not just dinking and dunking like one Dak Prescott. Dude is throwing that, slinging that thing downfield. So I'm like... He, I, I think Gopher fans need to look at Tanner Morgan and just be like, how many of these games do we win if Tan, if uh, Mitch Leitner is the quarterback? Oh, don't mention <laughs> that name. Oh. You think, I think if Mitch Leitner ever in any game ever had like a 65% completion percentage, my brain would have exploded. <laughs> would have exploded. Tanner Morgan is currently rocking like a 73% completion percentage on the year. Never had less than 50%. Dude. 69 of 94. 69. Mm. Nice. Mm. On a run first team. Look at God. Anyway. So what are some concerns that you guys probably have about Illinois? Like I know Griff mentioned this guy, Reggie Corbin, running back. He scares me. Uh, also, um, and they also have a quarterback transfer from Michigan named Brandon Peters. What do you know about him, Lorenz? Brandon Peters uh, was one of the highest-ranked quarterback recruits in Michigan history before Shea Patterson, um, an elite eight dude. Um, outside of Justin Fields, per twenty-four-seven, he is the highest rated dude in the Big Ten um, in regards to quarterback. Uh, he has impressive vision down the field and arm strength. The thing is, uh, if you put any pressure on him, he will crumble like one Mitch Trubisky. Woof. So we need that Joe Rossi uh, blitz and packages with the D-line? I mean, you would think that, but then he'll just hand it off to Reggie Corbin, and Reggie Corbin will go 70 yards. Uh. <laughs> and, that's, and that's the thing. So, like, Nebraska had to deal with that, uh, and he ran for 100-something on them. The other issue I definitely have is Illinois is coming off of a bye week, and... P.J. Fleck has a tendency to uh, go to Illinois and steal people. And so, obviously, Lovey Smith and his beard think that the best win that they could possibly get in the Big Ten right now is beating us. So they will be ready. They are, they are coming. <laughs> so, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm more nervous about this game than conventional wisdom says I shouldn't be, but based off of the way we've played this year, I'm terrified. So, that's me. So then, um, what are the keys of the game then? Ninety-five percent completion percentage. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> If Tanner Morgan ever puts up these numbers again this season, if he ever puts up 95% completion percentage, 
with close to 400 yards and four touchdowns, I will legally change my name to Tanner Morgan. <laughs> you think Rutgers that, is our next best shot, or is that our next loss? <laughs> I think what happens is we beat Illinois, we beat Nebraska, and then we lose to Rutgers. Rip. Because, of course. Um, but there is another man that we need to be very terrified of. That no Loxley? No, 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 no. On Illinois' team that oh. no one is talking about. Does the name Uluwole Betiku Jr., do you know who that is? No. He's nobody. Uh-oh. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. He is a uh, nobody. He is a uh, defensive lineman at Illinois who currently on the season has seven sacks. Oh, frick. And remember, they just came off of a bye week, so they weren't even playing. He has seven sacks in three weeks. Of four. Yeah, three games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that, 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 that's not good. Oh, I'm sorry, no, four games. Because they did lose Eastern Michigan. LeBron's, <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, you, you remember last week in, when you were talking about a four or five star recruit on Purdue's defensive Carl line? Yeah, yeah, he smacked Tanner Morgan. <laughs> But, of course, I mean, it was because Tanner Morgan held the ball too long because he didn't want to ruin his completion percentage, but still. But other than that, he wasn't really ever a presence. Not worried. I This dude, he is second in the Big Ten, man. He is second in the Big Ten. Wasn't great cool. last week. I'm not worried this week. Like... George Karloftis is ninth in the Big Ten. So what your key to the game is the offensive line and blockers protect Tanner from this. Dude. I mean, that's a key to a game every week, but this particular week, this this week is all about the offensive line for me because Illinois has a defensive line that should be – there for the destroying. But my issue really is that their offensive line is experienced. Their offensive line is going to let make sure they can score points. And so my key to the game is this defensive line needs to get its crap together yesterday. Because they're not, this isn't Purdue. They they are going to run right at you. And they can. So, yeah. But that's my key to the game. And uh, I want to change Kirk Sharaka's name to uh, Lane Kiffin this weekend. Because I'm going to need him to throw the ball. <laughs> Throw the ball, Kiffin. <laughs> and get them yak receivers. Get them yak because 
their secondary looks, uh, to put it nicely, Purdue is better. <laughs> Purdue has a better secondary. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, so, so far, what I've gathered from the keys of the game, Tanner um, being his Purdue form in some way or form, not Georgia Southern, right? Don't make then, those reads, bud. Yep, and then um, O-line, uh, particular importance to that uh, Illinois D-line, uh, shred that secondary because that's their glaring weakness. Receivers and running backs, all of our playmakers do what they do. And then we'll win. Then hopefully we win this game. Am I right? We will. All right. All right. All right. Any hot takes? Oh wait, no, no, no. Wait, predictions. I forgot. Uh, what's the score? And how, and if you win or not? Go. Thirty-four. Twenty-four. Minnesota Golden Gophers. The Gophers. Um, I see this being a shootout. So I'm going to go 40-27 Minnesota Golden Wide Receivers. I'm going to say 38-31 Golden Gophers on top. Now I think I should. Uh, I think we should put this caveat every week with this particular Minnesota team. Are your scores reflective of how close the game actually is, or how close we let the game get? Boy, they're the cardiac kids. I gotta live like this now. <laughs> what about you, Griff? Uh. I think it's how close we play the games. I also think it's just that close. So, all right. So we're not going. We're not even going to cover the spread. <laughs> nope. Nope. All right. So, um, any hot takes before we end this? I'm gonna stay quiet on the hot takes this week. <laughs> don't say. Don't stay quiet. Come on, Griffin. Come on. Next week. Next. Right. Don't. Don't. Okay. Uh, Lorenz, you're not ready for it. So I'm gonna. Is say there this. a hot take saying that we're gonna lose to Nebraska? No. Oh. <laughs> Wait. What's your hot take? Come on, Griffin. Griffin. Say it. Say, say it. it. Say it. Griffin. <laughs> Do it. 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 <laughs> oh, I forgot. One of my hot takes uh, last week, I said Cal uh, would lose to Arizona State. And it yeah. did. The Pac-12 and... is such a freaking mess. Um, <laughs> I have two hot takes. Hot take number one, uh, I was about to get smashed by Michigan. Um... I take number one because uh, Iowa thinks that they're Wisconsin. They are. Um, let's see. Hot take number two. 
Um, I said before the year that Purdue was probably the most important game of the year because uh, it completely determines what this team is. And now I say Nebraska is the most important game of the year ahead of Illinois because if we blow the do- if we just punch Nebraska in the uvula just a little bit <laughs> <laughs> there are about three four stars that we're gonna get stay Look, home stay at Minnesota boys like because they have been I believe now for the last two or three years Nebraska has taken the first or second best player in Minnesota. Oops. That's including their six foot eight offensive lineman Bryce Barnhart, who I'm like, come on. <laughs> so yeah, we need to blow their doors off, and the first step is blowing Illinois' doors off. But of course, we won't. So there's that. Griffin, your hot take. Come on. Bring it out. He ain't gonna say anything, is he? <laughs> I don't even know if he's still on the phone. He might be gone. Well, anyway. Well, well that's it. <laughs> so this ends this episode of OPA Podcast. So thank you for listening in on the recap of Purdue and to preview the homecoming game versus the Illini. So if we see you guys this Saturday at the Illini game. Again, I'm one of your hosts, Jason O. It's Laurens Griffin. What's your hot take, Skyder? Jeff Rom's getting fired at the end of the season. You what? <laughs> whoa, whoa, and, whoa! Wait, and no, we'll see no. you guys. No. See you next time. No.